Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another special edition of Trade Runner, our mini-series featuring Rich Friesen of Mind Muscle Academies that is focusing specifically on trading psychology. In previous episodes, we've covered set scores and measuring what matters, gaining confidence in yourself and your strategies, persistent trading mistakes and nightmare trading traps, and most recently, fear of success. Those episodes will all be linked in the description, but this month's topic is all about money and our relationship with it. And I gotta say, I've been waiting patiently for this topic after finishing Rich's book, A Private Conversation with Money, uh, and starting my own journey towards understanding my relationship with it. Make sure I have links for the uh, the book in the episode description as well. Uh, if anybody else has any questions or comments or just want to share something with us, uh, feel free to send us an email to twobulls at com or via any of our social media channels. Uh, with that uh, out of the way, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get Rich in here. Rich, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Just got back from a holiday with all the kids and all the grandkids in Bend, Oregon. It was a snow uh, week. Mm. We all survived living in one house. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> a lot of chaos, a lot of noise, but man, you know, I, I look at my life and I, I wake up just grateful every morning. Right. That's such a good attitude to have. How many, how many kids, uh, grandkids? Uh, three kids, uh, three spouses and six grandkids. Uh, and how big of the house? Uh, the house had, I don't know, six, seven bedrooms or something. Okay. So not too bad. It's not like a, a two bedroom house and everyone's sleeping on the floor, inflatable mattresses. Cause I no, question your was, ability was, to remain. <laughs> you know, it, it, speaking about uh, our relationship with money, it certainly was a luxury mm. and I've had to adjust my own relationship with money. As I'm more or less retired, not making money trading anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it used to be, you know, you looked at the spending, you looked at the expenses, and you made sure they were balanced. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I got this, my retirement capital. It's mm -hmm. time to spend it down. And that is such a massive shift. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Because you spend years saving and you have to completely yeah. shift that mentality. Yeah, that's blood, sweat, and tears. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, I'm spending it frivolously because I have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, that's, God. That's such an interesting observation. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people struggle when they get to retirement because they can't make that mindset shift. Yeah, I, I know people who are retired who, are, who have five, six million dollars in retirement funds. And, every, you know, they're still... Uh, saving paper bags and, you know, doing all right. that stuff that got them to the place where they could have that retirement money. But that personal identity, the beliefs, the behaviors are so deeply entrenched and etched in their brains that they can't stop. Mm -hmm. mm. 
Well, well. So how do you come to grips with that? Or how do you work on uh, being okay with spending the money instead of saving? Yeah, basically I have a a spreadsheet I created that says, here's how much I have. Mm -hmm. Here's how many years that maximum I'm going to live. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can spend next year for spending the same amount every year. Here's what happens, you know, when we sell the house. Here's what happens when we move into a retirement home or something like that. And then I look to say, okay, are we going to make it? And the funny thing is at the end of the spreadsheet, there's this black column. (laughs) (laughs) And it's labeled the end in red letters. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh. Some to see in your own mortality on a spreadsheet, too, I think. Probably yeah. some people. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also good, though, to see the joy that, uh, that, that spending that money can have. I think that might help, too. Boy, you know, you just put your finger on something is, is that, you know, during our work lives, Marty, my wife, was, you know, worked hard with three kids and doing all the stuff that I... I didn't have time to do when I was off on the trading Mm -hmm. floors and running a software company. And now, uh, you know, we have the time and, and it's just a a very, uh, it's a very big shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, what you bring up is now we can look back and say, okay, we did all this and now we can reap the rewards. And, uh, that really helps if I wake up every morning and say, okay, I put it in. Mm-hmm. One of the things in the book, uh, Private Conversation with Money, I talk about how if you receive money without delivering value, yes, and this is one of the things we can talk about, that it becomes toxic. So if I look at the money I received, and in fact, I think we've talked about when I receive money, I look at it as a certificate of appreciation. So if I do something for you, Kyle, mm-hmm. you give me what you know you think is money, but I say, wow, here is a certificate of appreciation for the value I have delivered to you. And that's all about changing the tone of the transaction to being able to understand that you're creating value and you're getting compensated for that value, correct? Yeah. In fact, here's something that uh, many people, their minds explode. <laughs> the more certificates of appreciation you collect during your life, the more value you have delivered to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Now that, um, given our cultural, political, economic divide, um, you know, I read uh, the left uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. and, you know, the wealth, unfairness, social justice, all those things, you know, that that the wealthy people are bad, they, we have to tax them, that they don't pay their fair share. That cultural divide, those messages are absorbed consciously and subconsciously in a lot of my clients. And my clients have good hearts. You know, mm-hmm. they don't. I, I don't care to do what I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> but they have good hearts. They want to do what's right. They want to do what's best. Mm-hmm. And when they hear that, you know, getting wealthy is, oh my God, you know, I might become one of the bad guys. And in fact, let's roll into 
One of the problems that traders have that they don't know they have. I have never had a trader come to me and say, Rich, one of my biggest concerns is that I'm not going to be able to manage success, that my identity, my beliefs, and my behaviors just, they're, 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 they've struggled, I've struggled for so long that I'm concerned that, that I'm going to sabotage my trading so I don't have to deal with a shift. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever come to me and said that. Right. But about 70% of the traders that I work with eventually hit that wall. Mm -hmm. So when we aren't prepared for success or we've absorbed messages from our parents, from our education, from our workplace, from our friends who are conflicted about meaning, money, success, and wealth, that as traders, it's so easy to sabotage ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the typical equity curve of a trader who comes to me for coaching is steady up, steady up, steady up, steady up, steady up, and bang, Gone. down. In, sometimes <laughs> in an hour, a day, or you know, three or four days are a very short period of time. Yep. yep. Then okay, steady up, steady up, steady up, steady up. The bumper, 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 and then all of a sudden, bang. So what happens at those peaks? That there's a shift, mm -hmm. and and one of the drivers of that shift is, oh my God, if I maintain consistent profitability, do you know how powerful that makes me? Wow. I mean, imagine Kyle that you could now start trading 10 contracts, 100 contracts, 500 contracts, depending on the asset class. Mm -hmm. You could be making tens of millions of dollars. What would that do? Does your identity support it? Do the internal conflicts about wealth support it? I used to think I wasn't going to be a problem, but then I read your book and I was like, oh, wow, I have a completely different problem than what's described in the book, but I still have a problem. I still have something that I need to work through and understand, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you want to say more about that or should we just move on? Oh, yeah, I'll say more. Um, the the titular character, Joe, uh, has an mm -hmm. adversarial role with money. He hates it, but he wants mm -hmm. it at the same time. It's mm -hmm. a really interesting dynamic. And I was actually surprised to see, once I saw it on paper, it made it very clear how a lot of people view money. My relationship with money is more of the, it used to be nothing but a tool to me. When mm -hmm. I was making it, it was just, this is what I use to, to go and get the things that I need. Uh, there was never scarcity. There was never a problem getting it. There was never a problem using it. Uh, but once I quit working and tried to pursue this career full time, it became more of a, a I'm more of like the clingy ex-boyfriend now when money is the, ah. the the person that I want and I want it so bad and I hold it so tight that I think that causes it to want to get away from me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure does. And what you're bringing up is so important and especially to introduce in a very personal way your listeners to one of the conflicts that keep us from our goals. Mm -hmm. And so the book, A Private Conversation with Money, what we do, and you brought up the uh, main character Joe is that he both wants money and he's, uh, you know, he's judgmental about money. He's judgmental about wealth and wealthy people. Mm -hmm. 
And so that internal conscious and subconscious attitude uh, keeps him struggling. So in the conversation with money, the character money literally wakes him up in the middle right. of the night. <laughs> Says, hey, Joe. <laughs> What's your problem, dude? <laughs> yeah. A lot I of, need to talk to you. A lot you of got shit. some problems, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So Joe, of course, is terrified and eventually agrees to, to talk to money and have a series of conversations. So Joe is my, uh, my stereotypical guy who gathers all the negative internal conflicts about money. So I've packaged them all into Joe. And then Joe fights money all every step of the way, every issue, every problem, every every argument that anybody could make against uh, money's representation of his value. Right. And as and as a result, the readers can can be on Joe's side and fight money along with him. Because mm-hmm. most self help books, you just read them, and when it comes to a point where where you really need to examine your processes and to make progress, you need you need to change. Um, and you, well, w- what I do is I just skip over it. I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm no different than you. Yeah. I avoid those internal conflicts I don't want to deal with. Uh, and so this allows people to actually step in, argue, and wrestle through their their internal conflicts and struggles with money. I also love that the, the, it's interactive too. The exercises are uh, mm-hmm. that help you expound and understand your your issues, your personal relationship. Uh, they're all designed for you specifically to do. Yeah. So this really is a problem for traders with a good heart. Mm-mm. Because, you know, if I'm a doctor and I'm saving lives and healing, helping people heal, my God, I get a certificate of appreciation. I know exactly what the appreciation is yeah. for saving a life, for making somebody's life better. Or even if I'm manufacturing software or hardware or whatever, I know I'm giving satisfaction and I know those certificate of of appreciations come from really making a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is with good-hearted people like you, and all of a sudden we start making real money, my God, where's the certificate of appreciation? What am I doing for for anybody. What's the exchange? It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the traders that come to me say, well, if I make some something somebody else is making less, you know, do they deserve it more? I mean, I've actually had, you know, clients who, who, who say that. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they keep themselves small. Don't want to take the bigger piece of pie than. The, yeah. yeah. It's a one pie and we don't want to take it. So what we talk about, there's four levels of value you're delivering. Mm-hmm. And you're going to recognize the first three. The first is price discovery. Yep. Without price discovery, the whole economy has no idea how to value things, how to make transactions, how uh, if you have something that requires multiple pieces of, of stuff and you you know you know what, what cost they are, you, you have to take a big risk. You don't know what it's going to cost you and so forth. So without price discovery, the economy falls apart. Hmm. The next is liquidity. I mean, if you own something, but you have no idea if you can get out of it, you, that what the cost of getting out it, in and out is. Mm-hmm. So when we have liquidity, people can start to move money to where it's needed. They can start to work to solve the problems that are needed because they know that they can borrow money. They can 
uh, invest in the market. They can hedge themselves with futures and they know they can get out on a moment's notice, especially with electronic trading. Oh my God. (laughs) Click of the mouse and you're out. It's the difference between that and trying to trade like art. It's like if you're holding down a priceless art collection, like good luck getting rid of it (laughs) for a fair price. Yeah. So the next, the next level is let's say Kyle, you say, okay, this market's hit resistance. It's hit resistance twice. The volume is such and such. The candles are such and such. I'm going to short it. Mm-hmm. So you short it and the market goes down and goes down and you put in a trailing stop. The market bounces a bit. Your trailing stop is hit. You have a nice profit. And so you can think, well, I've just took some money out of the market. But here's a different way to think about it. The market says, you know, the value of this futures was really lower mm-hmm. and people just had a belief it was higher. What Kyle did, even in a small amount, he moved the market to value. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. so I, as the market say, thank you for the information. Thank you for moving the market to value. And I'm going to give you uh, a payment for that. Now, what happens when it goes the other way? Yeah. So, so Kyle does this. He looks at the candlesticks. He looks at the volume, the price action. He looks at the support resistance and he says, I'm going to short this. And the market goes up and it goes higher and it goes higher. And he says, oh, I can't lose this. <laughs> I'm going to double up. <laughs> oh, I'm right. The market's wrong. He doubles up and the market goes higher and higher. Now his account's getting lower and lower and he finally pukes up and he loses half of his account. And the market says, oh, Kyle, sorry about that. Um, you, you gave me some bad information. You tried to move the market away from where value is. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. There's no judgment, Kyle. There's no shame. There's no blame. But you, you've got to pay for, you know, <laughs> for your transgression here. <laughs> so, so, well, the, yeah, the people who were right and moved the markets towards value, they, they got to get their certificates of appreciation from somebody. Oh, yeah. I like you adding the certificates of appreciation. <laughs> so then there's a fourth level. Mm-hmm. The market maker says, fuck it. <laughs> Ian's of history of markets, of market makers, of trading. It's just, it's evolved. It's been here for, uh, since man had, could talk and speak and trade. So as a result, it's not like something that's just come and gone, but it's built our, it's just so part of what we do as humans that I don't have to justify it. I don't have to justify my profits. I don't have to think of certificates of appreciation. It's here. I'm going to play the game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can you explain that again? I think. Uh, oh, you I just want to hear the swear word yes, again? Yes, I do, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, you can. So one, it's it's like even thinking about it as certificates of appreciation. The underlying driver there is, oh, I have to justify my trading profits. Right. So right. certificates of appreciation. What Rich just says, it helps justify it. The fuck it means I don't have to justify anything. It just is. It's been around forever. I'm going to play the game, yeah. period. So is that, wait, is that good or bad? That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, how do you want to judge that? I don't know that I want to judge that. I think that's the attitude I'd prefer to have is to be completely okay. detached from it. It is what it so is. So if that's the if that's the attitude you would prefer to have, how does how is that different than the attitude that you currently have? Mm, I'm not sure. I guess I hadn't uh, hadn't really thought about it like that before. Okay. Well, just give it some consideration. We can bring it up again at another time. Let me think. Let me think. There is a desire to justify making lots of money. There really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why? Why is that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. It's super interesting, though. Yeah. Well, do you want to play with that for a minute or to move on? Uh, um, I don't know. Is there something there? If there's something there, I'm all for exploring it. Okay. So, Kyle, you have a voice that says you need to justify making lots of money. Is that right? Um, I don't know that I'd say needs. I would say more would like to or likes to. Likes the idea of it. Okay. You'd like to have a justification for making lots of money. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, great. If you didn't have that justification and you made a lot of money, how would that feel? Uh, Probably like I didn't deserve it or didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it or didn't earn it. Excellent. Hmm. So could I have a conversation with that voice? And we can exaggerate here. I I know that it's you know not that strong, but you the voice that says, Kyle, you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You have to justify it. There's a voice like that inside Kyle's head. And would you have a name for that voice? If you had to name that voice, what would you call it? Um, what's a word for uh, utopia? How about... <laughs> Utopia. <laughs> In a perfect world, okay. everyone's perfectly compensated for the value they provide. Oh, man, that sounds so wonderful. Right? Yeah. Until you try to... So utopia. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> utopia. Kyle's given me permission to talk to you, and I love your name. And with the understanding that I believe you have a positive intent for Kyle... May I have a conversation with you as Utopia? Yes. Okay. Hi, Utopia. How are you doing today? Uh, good. Join the conversation. Good. Excellent. So you've heard what all what I've been talking about with Kyle. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, great. So in terms of just money and distribution and earning, in your Utopia... What do you see as the outcome? What do you see as the perfect world? I mean, utopia is the perfect world, so <laughs> describe that to me. Perfect world? Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know, there's much more to expound on it, but to see, there's a lot of people that do a lot of important work and they don't mm-hmm. get fairly compensated. And that's kind of sad to see that. Right. To see the, the people that, like teachers or the, the services, um, you know, EMTs, mm-hmm. police, fire departments. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that do a lot of dangerous jobs and they don't get what I would think would be fair compensation for that. Right. So you would like to see a world where there was fair com- compensation. Is that right? Fair compensation for the services provided or the value yeah. that they bring. Yeah. yeah. So when Kyle is trading and he's getting better and better, 
and he has a five hundred thousand dollar profitable year. Mm-hmm. Does that sound fair to you? Hmm. Oh. I mean, there's a teacher that's only making fifty thousand. Not really, does it? Yeah, that's not fair. I agree. Yeah. So, given the fact that Kyle is, well, this is interesting. It's okay with you if if Kyle struggles and just makes a little bit every year trading. Is that right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say that's fair. That's fair. At what level does it become unfair that how much money Kyle makes trading? I don't know that there's a, a specific limit that I would put it on, but when it becomes excessive. Excessive. Oh my gosh. More than he needs? Yeah. Yeah. More than he needs. Yeah. Because he should only be paid in trading exactly what he needs. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're twisting my words. <laughs> okay. Utopia, tell me what would be a better way of expressing what I was trying to say. Uh, I think what I am saying is that I think that the value provided through price discovery, liquidity, and the other ideas that you had mentioned uh, don't have the same footing as doctors, nurses, EMTs, military. Right. Because there's no danger to yourself or your life in those scenarios, right? What's, what's mm-hmm. the risk? The risk is just a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So compared to people who are going on the front lines, risking their lives, mm-hmm. that if you were to make money easily, or if Kyle was to make money easily by trading without much risk at all to his, his life or his family or anything, boy, that just doesn't seem fair, does it? It's almost disrespectful to the people who are... Yes, you know? it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle is a really good guy. He's got a good heart. He cares about people. So what do you do to him when he starts making money and approaching the potential for 500000 a year? <laughs> Luckily, that hasn't been a problem yet. <laughs> but that's... I think that might be some of the justification for the podcast and the community that we've been trying to build mm-hmm. is we can provide value by sharing our experiences of this journey with as many people as we can. Yeah, indeed. So you are, I mean, let's say Kyle was a curmudgeon mm-hmm. and he didn't give a, you know what, about anybody else. And he just said, my family, my community, that's it. I'm going to bury myself in my trading room. I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to just take care of myself. If he were to do that, what would you think about him? I would think he wasn't living. Yeah. I would think that sounds like a pretty sad existence. It does. Yeah. So what are your plans? Let's say Kyle just starts making a lot of money. He's uh, In fact, he's made so much money, he stops podcasting and sharing knowledge and information. What? What are you going to do to prevent him from going down that road? Oh, I would probably just make him feel like he didn't deserve any of it. Yeah, he doesn't deserve any of it. So if he doesn't deserve it and he believes that, what's going to happen to his trading? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Okay. Well, Utopia, I really appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you 
just coming forward and saying what you think and believe. It's been really valuable. So uh, can you take in that appreciation? Oh, of course. Okay. Who doesn't like to be appreciated? Yeah. Especially we work hard behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you are, (laughs) you know, that's, that's one of the things that if somebody is out there just tearing up the world and making a lot of money, you have to put a lot of energy into stopping him. I mean, that's not an easy job. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so well said. Yeah. <laughs> Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. So, (laughs) Utopia, is there anything you want to add to the conversation before we go? No, I'm just... uh, uh open to exploring other ways of allowing Kyle to feel valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have to, because he's just not valuable in and of itself. I mean, (laughs) oh my God, he has to prove himself or he has to work for value. Is that right? I think Kyle wants to jump in and say, Hey, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I'm valuable. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Just hang on. Utopia, just hang on a minute. I'm going to just you know, hold on. I'm going to talk to Kyle. So, so Kyle, what did I hear you interrupt us? You, what did you say? I just heard uh, some, my, a part of my subconscious try to tell me that I wasn't valuable, or at least that's the way I took it. Yeah. How does that feel? It feels a bit unappreciated. Uh, yeah. I feel like I put a lot of hard work and effort into this. And, um, yeah. and I think I've helped a lot of people along the way, too. Yeah. I feel like I deserve success. I've worked hard for it. So, yeah, so you're justifying it right now. I put in hard work. I've helped a lot of people. Just did it again. Yeah. What if, and Kyle, just imagine, what if, and I grew up religious. I'm not mm-hmm. as religious anymore, but this phrase really hits my heart. What if you were a child of God who had a right to be, to stand on this earth with your shoulders back and your head high, and you did not need to justify your success, your wealth, or your what you did to take care of yourself and your family. It sounds like it should be freeing, but the idea is just so foreign. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about that in episode three, I think. And yeah, I, I think we had the same reaction. There was a conversation about the work and deserving and... Still, even, you know, three episodes later, I'm still struggling with that concept. Well, we all are in a way. I mean, this is the human condition. Mm -hmm. From the moment we're born, our parents, our peers, our schooling, 
uh, the culture, the belief systems. It's, you know, if we go into my religious background, it's, you know, the Adam and Eve allegory. Uh, the world was utopia. Thank you, utopia. <laughs> right. Everything was fair. <laughs> there was fruit on the trees. There was everything to eat. But man sinned. And now man has to work hard to justify his existence, to justify excess, success, to justify his wealth. And it's never, never enough. He has mm -hmm. to keep justifying it. And if he's good enough and he uh, redeems himself, then at some point he's going to, you know, go to the allegorical heaven and, and be okay and be perfect. I'd even liken it to just being social animals in general. Mm -hmm. There's to be a part of a society that you want to feel like you're helping and contributing in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course. I mean, that's one of the biggest drivers that I have uh, mm -hmm. for writing the book and my coaching and online courses is to make the world a better place. So if if I took um, your arguments uh, a step further, what if I what if I said that everybody should be getting certificates of appreciation uh, regardless of what they do, then what what argument would you have against that? Is it a certificate of appreciation if they haven't delivered value? But why should they deliver value? Because that's saying that they have to earn it or work for it. So there's... <laughs> so, see, there's a, that's where my disconnect is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what if everyone woke up tomorrow in the whole world and mm -hmm. said, how can I deliver value to my family, my community, my city, my world, the customers across, my employers, my employees. Mm -hmm. What can I do to deliver more value and receive more certificates of appreciation? So everybody was looking to deliver value to the world. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think I see where my disconnect is. Where's that? I need to... I think I was failing to incorporate all the other little things that I do and then bring people up around me, like my wife, the, our kids, my mm -hmm. uh, friends, the community that we put together. There's a lot of ways that I do provide value to the world. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Yeah. You, not all contributions to the world are monetary. You think, you know, yeah. Martin Luther King, prime example. Mm -hmm. Um, people who have changed the world, who've made it a better place for all of us. And, you know, they lived in poverty. Yeah. So not all of us can do that. Or if we, if we all did that, the world would be a crazy place. <laughs> or if all of us were commercially oriented, the world would be a crazy place. Yeah. But some of us can be traders, commercially oriented, deliver value to the marketplace and take that money and create value for our family and our community. I have mm -hmm. traders who this is, I mean, it, it happens so often that it's, I, I, I can't believe it, but, oh, I want to really be successful as a trader so that I can start a philanthropy and start a, you know, a nonprofit. Right. And so or, right away the red flags go up for me because that uh, person <laughs> is still in, that feels a little dirty yeah, yeah. So I'm going to feel okay by 
starting a, a philanthropy uh, be, or starting be philanthropic, if I can pronounce that correctly. Right. Um, so, you know, once you start making money, you start looking around and you say, how can I make the world a better place? Imagine if everybody woke up tomorrow morning and they only had $5 in their pocket. That was it. The only wealth mm-hmm. they had. What would be their timeline for their concern? Hmm. What do you mean? Probably just now. Now? Oh, <laughs> yes. Can I get water? Can I get food? Can I get shelter yeah. for my family? That's it. Five minutes. Now, if you had $100 million in your pocket, you might think about planting orchards that you know aren't going to produce for 20 years. Right. You might start like Elon Musk figuring out how can we go to Mars? Right. Uh, You know, you can now start to think 20 and 30 years down the road. So accumulating capital and the more people who accumulate capital, the more people are going to look to problems that require much longer time frames in their solutions. Mm -hmm. Well said. Plus, there's also not just the philanthropic, now I can't say it, yeah. <laughs> philanthropic uh, aspect of it, but even the the excessive spender. Like, think about how many people he's employing Yeah. when he buys his yacht. How many people did it take to buy that yacht? How many, how many people did he just support with that purchase? Yeah, that's a really good question. What if people are just into ego spending, the, you know, the fancy cars, the huge houses that two people live in? Mm-hmm. Um, the yachts, the airplanes, and all that. And I certainly would like to have a conversation and bring it back to higher level values and higher level caring. Mm-hmm. But, and, but you know, that's, that's something that we can all do and we can all suggest. And, but what you bring up is, you know, some people are going to just be hedonistic uh, spenders and just buy things for their egos. And we're going to go, oh, okay, could be done better, but that's that's their business. But what we can do is say, okay, how am I going to live my life? Mm-hmm. And if enough of us do that, say, how are we going to live my life? We can create a model. We can create a movement. We can create uh, the ability for other people to see how it's done and the deeper satisfaction that it gives us. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh the satisfaction of owning the biggest yacht in the world or the satisfaction, oh my gosh, I'm having an emotional moment, <laughs> of giving kids who are stuck in poverty an education that will right. allow them to change their lives. Oh my gosh, which is more satisfying? I know it's what I'd pick. Yeah, yeah. So my friend Kyle, there's this utopian voice that wants to make everything fair and easy. Mm-hmm. Ah, maybe I am not so different than Joe than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that voice is your heart. It's what you want for everyone to do well. Yeah. And the method is I'm going, and I'm exaggerating here, and this may not be you, Kyle, but mm-hmm. I am going to suffer so that others may live. And the challenge is, if you are going to excel, you are going to leave others behind. Yep. And this is so hard for people with really good hearts. Yep. That's actually been part of my daily uh, affirmation, was the phrase that we came up with in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. I've been repeating it every day. 
and uh, it uh, it doesn't hurt nearly as much as it did when I first started doing it, or at least when we first recorded it. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we, I'm assuming this is an audience of mostly traders. Yes. So if you look at your lives, imagine what'll happen when you're making a 50, 100,000, 200,000 a month. What's going to happen to your family? What's going to happen to your friends? Are people going to bug you for money? You have mm-hmm. accounting problems. You have the SEC or the CFTC after you because of some uh, put you bought sometime. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh my gosh, you're going to have social criticism. You, you're going to be able to make mistakes that are so big that they're going to really impact negatively a lot of people. What's your family going to think? How are your friendships going to change? When you can step into that image, solve those problems just mentally, you know, Mm -hmm. imagining them, if you are unable to do that, there will be a part of you, the utopian voice in everybody. It's going to have a different name for everybody but that's going to tap you on the shoulder when you're doing well. And it's going to say, excuse me, I'm going to take over the mouse and I'm going to double up on this and I'm going to cancel my stop so that you don't have to deal with taxes with your friends demanding money. You don't have to uh, worry about making decisions that could really damage others. You're not going to have to worry about how people see you and judging you taxes and accounting. Uh, You don't have to be afraid of being an asshole. No, I'm going to take care of that right now. Right. Or if you make money, it's going to isolate you. But we're going to keep you uh, connected to your social friends and to your community. We're just going to blow it all in the next two days. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Well, what's uh, what about the person who is aware of what those changes are going to be and decides mm-hmm. that maybe he doesn't want to cross a certain threshold because, like, if he's intentionally keeping himself limited versus subconsciously, yeah. is yeah. there? What's the difference between the two? Oh my gosh, you've just brought up something so important because there are a number of clients I have Mm -hmm. that when we work through this, they say, you know, I don't want to go there. I'm done trading. Trading has just been this thing that keeps that's dream that 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 is is a lot like sighting. It's kind of like gambling. It I struggle and but you know, it's really intellectually challenging, it's fun. But I, it's like the dog who catches the car. But do I really want to catch that car? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and, and when we go down to what really makes them satisfied at the deepest spiritual and transformational values that they have and where their heart is, they say, oh, you know, I don't want to go there. And some of them will say, well, I'm just going to trade for fun. You know, small lots. I'm not going to worry about it. It's not going to impact my finances, but I really enjoy the challenge. And others say, you know, what this opens the door is for me to do something that really matters to me. Mm-hmm. And trading is kind of a substitute. It's kind of the belief that when I get rich, I can do this. But you know something, that's not true. I can actually make a difference right now. Right. Mm. Ah. God, I always feel so good when I talk to you. I always feel so good when I talk to you. You just bring out the best in me. <laughs> oh. And that's not a joke. So think about that in yeah. terms of your life. I, Kyle, am a person who brings out the best in others. 
oh my gosh, what a concept. I'm going to add that to my gratitude list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Added. Great. I added that for my uh, set scores. I have a mental purge where I get rid Mm -hmm. of all the the ideas or thoughts that are rotting around in my head that are negative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, um, because then what I was finding was that it wasn't necessarily purging them. It was just becoming more negative. And so I added a gratitude list to kind of counterbalance that. I can Mm -hmm. purge the the bad stuff and then I review the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And one way to think about purging the bad stuff is letting it come being aware Mm -hmm. of it, appreciating it, and then letting it go the same way. So rather than putting effort into purging, which kind of purging sounds like a little bit of effort, allow it to come and allow it to go. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Where do we go from there, Rich? Where do we go from here? We just had a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I never did, but I hear a lot of people talk about how amazing yeah. it was. In the last so, session, they sing a song. Where do we go from here? <laughs> the battle's done. The victory's done. We sound our victory cheer. So where do we go from here, Kyle? What do you see in your future? Where do you, what image do you have for 10 years for Kyle? Hmm. God, that's so weird. It seems like that's something that I should have given some thought to, but I feel like I haven't yet. Yeah, this is really important that if we can imagine something and step into it and not feel shame or guilt or stress about it, well, then if we can do that, then the world will conspire to help us getting there. Mm -hmm. But if we can't step into it because of beliefs and conflicts and identity, then it's going to be an internal challenge to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, it sounds like some good homework for this month then. Sure does. <laughs> Let's see. How would you how would you word that? How do we how do we clearly and concisely yeah. summarize that concept? Yeah, we have I have a guided visualization called the Master Trader's House and stepping into it. Yeah. And we, yeah. we could do it the same thing. In fact, we could do a guided visualization around that and in it, what you well, you can do this yourself. Yeah, we, I think we've done that, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. But now step into the broader future, not just the house. Yes. But, you know, the friends, the cars, the house where you live, the relationship with your wife, your kids, uh, what it me- means to have that much money and security, where are you going, what time frame that you're going to be looking at in terms of what's important to you. And then just notice if there's any voices like uh, utopia or any other shame or guilt or conflicts Mm -hmm. and just work through it and allow those voices to come up. They're there for a reason and negotiate with them or allow them to come and go so that you can have a real clear vision. You can hear it. You can smell it. You can taste it. And you're ready to step into it without unequivocally without any stress or conflicts. All right. That sounds like a plan. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like I should have done that already. (laughs) Oh, Kyle, Kyle, you know, maybe we've talked about this. Get a big jar. Every time you make a self-judgmental comment, put five bucks in the jar. 
oh, I don't think I can afford that. <laughs> I know. And you tell your wife, tell your wife that this is hers to spend frivolously. Frivolously. Right, right. She's not allowed to, to spend it on food or anything that matters. But right. she has to spend it on something that's totally frivolous. So every time you have a self uh, put down comment or judgment, five bucks in the jar and uh, and watch her eyes light up as she sees all these frivolous things she's going to spend it on. I wonder if my urge to be a saver would uh, overwhelm my urge to, to <laughs> make those comments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one's going to win? That's the question. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know who I'd bet on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you could also, you know, put a, a pool on, uh, on with your uh, subscribers. Uh, mm-hmm. And they could all make bets uh, of which is going to win. Uh, the the tight wad Kyle who doesn't want to, the wife to spend money on things frivolously, or the judgmental Kyle who's going to constantly uh, whack himself with negative comments. Right. I'm sure they'd bet on a uh, negative Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're going to have to start giving odds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ah, uh, Rich, where can people find the book? Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people wanting it's to. Uh, everywhere. Amazon.com. It's in audio format. It's in Kindle format. It's uh, uh, soft cover, paperback, and hardcover. And uh, so it's and it's on all the major uh, book distributors. So it's a private conversation uh, with money. And you can find it there. You can go to our website, conversations.money. And if you add a slash two bulls, uh, all one word, the number two bulls, mm-hmm. then you'll get uh, a free access to our online course, uh, Conversation with Money. And that's the online course that goes with the book? Yes. Yes. All right. That sounds great, Rich. We'll make sure we put all that stuff in the episode description as well so people can find it easily. They don't have to memorize it or try to make notes while they're driving. Excellent. And if they email me, rich at mindmuscles.com, we can have a conversation about how I can support you moving forward in trading and in life. All right. Sadly, folks, we've come to the end of our time with Rich, but there's no need to be sad because we've got an amazing backlog of episodes we've done in the past with him that you can check out. You can visit mindmusclesacademy.com. Of course, there's the book, Private Conversations with Money, that pairs nicely with today's discussion. I'd like to thank everybody who stuck around to the end on behalf of all the listeners. I'd like to say thank you and to Rich for carving out the time to lead this mini-series. We'll be back in your ears soon with another exciting episode. But until then, how good would it feel to know that you personally helped the show by subscribing and rating us on your platform of choice? (laughs) Take care, everybody, and have a great day. Take care, Kyle. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. 
They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.